Hi, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the film critic for the website Quipster.net. I thank you for listening. I hope that you enjoy the review. You can check out all of my written work at my website, Quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Over 3,800 film reviews covering classics to new releases, as well as foreign and independent films, stuff straight to VOD. You can find it all there at that website. Today I'm going to be reviewing Now You See Me Too. It's a thriller of sorts. It's also a comedy of sorts. It's a PG-13 rated film for violence and some language, and it runs two hours and nine minutes. The cast brings back Jesse Eisenberg, Mark Ruffalo, Woody Harrelson, Morgan Freeman, Dave Franco, and Michael Caine. It, it introduces to the mix Lizzie Kaplan and Daniel Radcliffe. The director is John M. Chu, and the screenplay is by Ed Solomon, who's returning from the first film. The makers of this what I would consider to be deliberately vapid and highly superfluous sequel, Now You See Me Too, have chosen to fully embrace the dumbness of its initial premise. They go full bore into just trying to make it ridiculous to the point of being entertaining, much in the vein of that globe-hopping franchise known as Fast and Furious. You know, just as the Fast and the Furious ended up giving up its street racing subplot to become more of an action-oriented version of Ocean's Eleven, I guess you could say Now You See Me Too could just as easily be called Ocean's Four. Whereas the first Now You See Me suffered from too many moments of implausibility within the course of a film that's supposed to be somewhat grounded, the makers of Now You See Me Too have decided to have no qualms in letting us know that they're going to play the entire film as a non-serious lark. This is a pure piece of fluffy, sparkly entertainment with engaging and charismatic actors to try to divert your mind and they employ magic tricks so outlandish that they can only be done in the world of movies. You know, this movie completely goes all out and has no shame about it. As far as the plot goes, the wildly popular troupe of master illusionists known as the Four Horsemen do mostly for themselves in this outing. They're no longer the Robin Hoods of the glitzy stage, one year removed from the prior events that we saw in the first film. This one's more personal this one puts a backstory to the behind-the-scenes ringleader of the Horsemen, FBI agent Dylan Rose, played by Mark Ruffalo. It ties in the mystery of his magician father's death with a connection to the magic-debunking man from the first film known as Thaddeus Bradley, played by Morgan Freeman. We learn that Bradley was the television reporter that covered the fateful event of Dylan's father's death back in 1984. After that introduction, we go to the present day where the quartet finds Isla Fisher gone. She was pregnant in real life and was not available for the sequel. So Henley Reeves leaves the quartet, we learn. Uh, it's hardly explained within the story. We get a newcomer because I guess you have to have a woman. Dylan Rhodes discovers this woman from the underground circuit, so-called, where she's been for the last decade, a magician named Lula May, who's played by Lizzie Kaplan. She manages to fit right in with the group. Circumstances eventually lead them to being coerced by a powerful tech billionaire, pulling plenty of strings in the years since he's been faking his death. He's been living in Macau, a man named Walter Mabry, played by Daniel Radcliffe, Maybe wants the horsemen to con their way into a high-tech security facility to steal a very valuable computer chip that he's going to use in order to make even more money, I suppose. Also out to trip up the horsemen is Merritt McKinney's estranged twin brother. They're both played by Woody Harrelson. The twin brother has Harrelson in a wig and fake teeth. And then we also eventually see the return of nemesis from the first film, Arthur Tressler, played by Michael Caine. He's that wily tycoon who really hasn't taken kindly to losing millions to the horsemen during the events of the first film. 
So this follow-up is a bit like the magic acts that are contained within. They're trying to dazzle us, they're trying to distract us in the audience for fear that we'll catch on, that there's really nothing much to find in the proverbial box that happens to be on the screen or on the stage, however you want to phrase it. Though there are dozens of moments in which a character re-explains the plot in order to keep us up to speed, I think that most viewers will likely stop following that plot once it becomes obvious that the makers of Now You See Me 2 don't really intend for you to be caught up in the hows and the whys. They're merely using the illusion of cohesion as a clothesline to hang the various set pieces in the film on. Director John M. Chu, who also took over franchises before for notably the G.I. Joe series as well as the Step Up series, he does a pretty nice job in presentation. This is a very slick and polished eye candy kind of movie. It's about as easy to watch. Ultimately, it's also as easy to forget. But there are very smooth camera movements throughout the course of this film. There's colorful lighting. There's very tight editing. Those are the real magic within Now You See Me Too. All of those aspects are top-notch professional and that they're completely in tune with the kind of premium showcase that the film itself is representing for the viewing public that are just looking for a good time. And as you'd expect, there are also many magic tricks that are shown within the course of the movie, but here they're so preposterous, you probably won't be sitting in your seat wondering how they did them because you'll figure it's just movie magic. However, you may wonder as you leave the theater why they bothered doing them. For instance, one of the flashier set pieces involves all four horsemen using sleight of hand techniques to keep a bunch of armed guards from frisking them and finding a certain valuable object. They pass it between their hands, behind their backs, into and out of their clothing, under their shoes. All of this is done within a high-tech security area that astonishingly doesn't have a single security camera that would have easily spotted all of this deception. So this is a movie that tries to distract you from logic. The plot bends over backwards just to include magic tricks into each scene, and this is a plot that contorts itself into elaborate knots to massage story angles until every set of skills among all four horsemen gets put into play for these set pieces. Merritt, the Woody Harrelson character, will say a few words and he puts people into hypnotic sleep. Jack, who's played by Dave Franco, finds a way to throw or play with playing cards. Lula, the Lizzie Kaplan character, uses the elements of surprise and shock and maybe a little gore, too, to steer attention away from what she's doing. And Atlas, played by Jesse Eisenberg, well, I He's a street performer in the first film. I guess he just enjoys putting on a very flashy spectacle, even when there's no obvious audience except for us, I guess. Now You See Me Too is like the Las Vegas lounge act of franchises. It's flashy, it's gaudy, it's garish, it's full of lots and lots of kitsch. However, while it might initially seem like a breath of fresh air... Eventually, the film's many excesses begin to weigh down that fun, especially as the stockpile of implausible moments are stacked one on top of the other on top of the other, and they grow so high we can no longer see them as a complete picture any longer. There is a condescension toward the audience intelligence that seems to be baked into this series thus far. It's a very dumb movie, and it just knows that there's an audience out there for completely dumb entertainment. It is occasionally amusing, sporadically it's diverting but it's also this very empty calories experience it engages for the moment and then will likely result in a headspace hangover once the overly lengthy two hours and nine minutes runtime finally decides to come to a belated end by the climax of this movie which takes place along the south bank of the river Thames. 
in London on New Year's Eve, whatever stray strand of hair that kept Now You See Me Too still brushing up ever so slightly against the realm of possibility, of plausibility, that gets quickly snipped off. All stops are pulled to try to razzle-dazzle us with glittery spectacle and a lot of pizzazz. None of it makes any sense. You'll probably realize in these moments that you have no idea any longer what anyone is actually doing in any of their respective scenes or really what the horsemen or any of their nemeses are trying to achieve at all. If you're watching a simple-minded populist movie for two whole hours and you still have no idea what's going on, I'd say that's a pretty good indication of a pretty bad film. You know, for a film that has characters who are so skilled with every aspect of playing cards, the fact that the film itself all collapses like a house made out of them is the ultimate of the movie's many ironies. I'm giving Now You See Me 2 two stars out of four. Two stars on my scale means that I do think that it's lacking something vital that would make it at least a passable entertainment for most viewers. You know, I think that this movie, strictly for people who are in the camp of, hey, it's just a movie. As long as it titillates me with sights and sounds, I don't care about plausibility. I don't care about plot. I don't care about the characters. I don't care about motivations. I don't care about any of that. All I care about is spectacle and a little bit of humor. So for those people, you know, this film is going to fit the bill for anybody looking for what I consider to be the benchmarks of good quality entertainment. Outside of the engaging cast, and some pretty good technical achievements in terms of the editing and the flash of the film. This is about as nourishing as fair that you'll find at the concession stands at the theater that you see it in. So I would say this is as disposable as it gets. So two stars is the most I can give now you see me too. I didn't hate it, but if I had never seen it, my life would still be probably the same, except I would have two hours to spend on a movie that's much better. Thank you for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this review. I do encourage you, as I always do, to click the subscribe button to get more of my reviews in the future. If you've been enjoying the show for a while and you want to leave a review, that's the best way that you can show your support for the show. The Quipster Film Review Podcast is the name of the show. Until next time, thanks for listening and enjoy your time anytime you get to go to the movies. Bye.